Welcome back to a new year of Hoop and Holler. I'm your host, as always, Eddie Sun, joined, as always, by Reagan Griffin Jr. and Julio Martinez. Thank you, um, last semester, for everyone who tuned in for the support. This is something that we just started off as, you know, let's see what happens. And then all of a sudden it's become something that we do weekly and we have a ton of fun doing it. And um, we're really excited to hop in this semester. Yes, sir. Back at USC Annenberg. And you can see our faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> video on video now. <laughs> video content. And um, outside of this Hoop and Holler podcast, um, we also have a football podcast called um, Triple Coverage. We're starting new podcasts. Reagan is going to have one called On, on the, the Clock. Clock. On and the Clock, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft, prospects, mock drafts, things of that nature, covering the combine, covering the senior bowl, you know, everything leading up until April 23rd through the 25th. So be and, sure to check um, that out. And outside the podcast, we're getting written work up on our blog on Medium, Square One Media. You can read Reagan's work on Memphis, on meme culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read Julio's um, NBA Power Rankings. He also has his own publication called The Countdown. You can find that on his Instagram, at Julio underscore Martinez. That's with two O's and two Z's. So, we got it all. <laughs> we got it all, man. We ready. Media. And we're expanding okay. more. Mm-hmm. So, so on this episode, we're going to talk about the latest All-Star returns and what to make of that. The team we are most impressed and disappointed with so far at the midpoint, um, at the midpoint of the NBA season, and also JJ Reddick's comments about player empowerment. But first, let's take a look around the NBA with news and notes. So, Kyrie, after um, the Nets lost, I forget whether it was to the Jazz or or after a loss, he basically said to the media uh, in post game that he said that the Nets needed another piece to be a true contender or two. And um, it was interesting because he said we need another piece to add around. KD, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, he didn't like, say Joe Harris. No, he, no, I know he didn't say him, but like he didn't, he didn't say Jared Allen. Uh, he didn't say Jared Allen. Like no, 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 but that that's not my point. Like a lot of people are taking that route. Like from a leadership aspect, you can't go into naming names because if you if you forget some names, then it's going to be viewed as bad. I think he was just listing and he just ended it right. Yeah. But you can't say that. Like. If you're a superstar and knowing the confidence that Kyrie has in himself mm-hmm. and KD being arguably the best player in the world, mm-hmm. you cannot say that when you have like a third star, a third wheel in Spencer Dinwiddie, another mm-hmm. playmaker in Karis LeVert, a perfect shooter in Joe Harris, and two rim protectors. True. What else do you want That's on true. that team? You That's can't true. say that. You can't say these comments. Mm-hmm. What, you don't have any confidence in yourself? That That's what superstars do. Like, you don't need anything else and that's just like, go go and play with the squad you have, like, next year. Come on. Yeah. Uh, from from a, uh, It looks bad from a leadership standpoint. Eddie, you allude to that he has the right to speak his mind and people mm-hmm. might just be bashing him for, you know, anything that he says that could be mistaken taken as offensive to somebody people will just because of who he is and what his history with the Celtics Mm -hmm. and things of that nature but with that said if you and at the beginning of the season I applauded Kyrie because he acknowledged the mistakes that he made in Boston and he said he was going to try to be better for it Mm -hmm. and with that said I have not seen improvement in, in terms really? of what he, I mean, the, the team around him, I guess, operates a little bit better than the Celtics did in that there's not really that locker room drama that we know of. But in terms of, you know, being the guy that people can look to as, as somebody who will always have their back, as somebody who will ride for them, I'm not sure if people really look to Kyrie as that person, as mm-hmm. the emotional leader of any team. He, he's a very skilled player. Um 
But it's just as a leader, you never want to, you know, demean your guys, because when you say things like we need one or two more pieces, what you're saying is what we have here isn't enough. And you're basically looking at the players around you and saying you guys are not enough. But but even but even when that's true, it's like I'm like, all right, I can see that. It's not true, or it shouldn't be true in his mind. In his mind, it shouldn't be true. And even if it is, I'm sure Damian Lillard doesn't look at Portland's like championship team. Or maybe he does. But you think Damian Lillard? That's a perfect example. You think he would say this? He would never do that. With this squad that he has, like if he were to whether he whether again, you know, it could be a mentality thing where Damian Lillard legitimately thinks Portland's a championship team, or even if he doesn't, he won't say that about the people around him because that's ultimately offensive. And I'm and I'm usually someone who comes to Kyrie's defense. And, and stuff like this but like you come on bro like from a talent perspective like if if your fourth best playmaker is going to be Karis LeVert like hmm. yeah come on yeah and you ha- I didn't even mention Garrett Temple who's a great like like 3 and D guy mm-hmm. Torian Prince like they have dudes oh, co- yeah they I didn't dudes. even mention him yeah <laughs> yeah to, I mean to me I thought this got blown out of p- proportion a little bit because um I mean, if we're being honest, Kyrie made a mess with the whole media and impending free agency situation last year. And and he did admit to it, as you alluded. But this year, I think like he's always been one of the most accessible people to the media. Like he's one of the more articulate players in the NBA. Like when he actually talks, I think, you know, like he doesn't stumble with words like like he gets the point across of what he's saying. But not all things should be said. True. It's not I, all things I think, should be said. I mean, I also think that he's not the first player ever to say, I think we need to add no, he's to not. Team. Like, But when, you, you, when you make a move like him and KD did, and you say, we're going to be two superstars, yeah. and we're going to come to Brooklyn, and we're going to bring because we see Because us, we see the team that's already there that you, has, You like, don't make that move if you don't think you're going to immediately yeah. become a contender. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, I feel like this is what we did with this whole Kyrie comments, just to put a wrap on it, is that... When he said it, it, it was kind of unnecessary, but people were like, oh, see, this is how Kyrie is so toxic. He can never be a good leader. Like, why did Brooklyn nah. make this move, right? Like, you just took away, like, Kem- it's like, no, like, that's blown out of proportion. You know, like, I think Kyrie's been overall, from a demeanor standpoint, like, pretty good. Yeah, like, it- I, like, like, when he's played, he's been good on the court. When he's off the court, you know, outside of those whatever mood swings that people made a big deal out of early in the year, like, he's been great as well. There, there are just certain things that you, as a player have to be conscious of, of your reputation. A guy like Odell Beckham, we saw it in the national championship weekend. He, he slaps the security guy on the butt. In isolation, not a bad incident. But when you compound that with everything that he's done in his past, now people look at him differently. So mm-hmm. a guy like Kyrie, you have to be conscious of the fact that you do have a history of being that toxic player that's bad for a locker room that he was in Boston. So when you say certain things, it could be perceived in a different manner than you intended for it to come out. You have to be conscious yeah. of that and you have to be better with that. All right. All right. Let's move on. So Zon Williamson finally after um, getting knee surgery in the preseason, is set to return next Wednesday. That man's been collecting dust on my Oh, wait, we talking about the dude who fell asleep <laughs> on, on, on the bench? He was tired, man. I get tired watching that Pelicans team. Well, like, what? Why should he be, though? Because the Pelicans are three and a half games back of you the You can't AC. be doing that. It's a you bad know, PR. It is, it, it it is, is bad PR. PR. I mean, the Pelicans, what, seven and three in their last ten games? Or they're, they've been figuring it out. You know late. what it is. Yeah. 
FBI and Lonzo. Lonzo Ball been has killing. Nobody want to talk about that, but Lonzo finally been killing. He's, he's Lonzo been, he's been, been killing. The guy that, no one's and, talking about a Derek Favors either. He's really been the key. No team. one's gonna. I'm not saying Derek Favors is not a good player, but that's just not. Yeah. But like Br- Brandon Ingram has been, you know, been solid this entire year. Like Lonzo, I'll give you, but you know, the real key was locking down that defense. You know who's been playing pretty well too is Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes has been playing. He's going to be a solid player. Yeah. But, I mean, so what do you guys think about this conversation of Zion and kind of mirroring that to when Joel Embiid was out for, like, you know, months of the season? I mean, like, Uh, Joel Embiid. And and could you, Mm. can you still win rookie? I think not because Ja is just Mm -hmm. having, you know, his rookie year. Exactly. But if he had, like, a sensational rest of the year, does that even put him in the conversation for you? For me, it I, I I just can't give if it, it to him. It puts him in the conversation, but from I, a media it, perspective, in, or in 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 my mind, it, it puts him in the conversation just because if he's, if he's sensational yeah. and he's a rookie, you got to put him in the rookie of the yeah. conversation. But he's not going to win it. There is a dude out there who's having a sensational season, and he's been doing it for about the entire year. John Morant, I I, I looked into some stats last night. John Morant's rookie year better than Damian Lillard's thus far, hmm. better than Damian Lillard's. And that's ridiculous to say because Damian had one of the most, you know, remarkable rookie seasons we've ever seen. Ja's been better. We got to, I mean, you got to take it with context too because, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is there. Yeah, that's that, that's true. And, and you you got Jaron Jackson. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you give and take. But, you know, it, I wouldn't put Zion in that conversation because Ja has been sensational Sensation. and yeah. he's been doing it this yeah. entire time. So in order for Zion to surpass Ja... He'd have to be light years ahead of where Ja is, which yeah. I just don't think anyone in the NBA can be light yeah. years ahead of Ja Morant yeah. right now. Let me let me ask Eddie this: What's successful? Like, what's success for Zion stat wise? Like points stat per game wise, for, in your mind? I honestly, there's I don't think um, he he just has to show that he can do what he did in the preseason, mm. and like I mean, he was like phenomenal in the preseason, but like I think we know that Zion is not gonna. Like, like we know that Zion knows how to play basketball. We know mm-hmm. that he has a high IQ. We know that he can jump out of the gym. You know, we know that he can defend. It's like these these are things that aren't just going to disappear. It might take time for him to you know get his legs under him from injury. But I mean, he's been playing five on five. But honestly, like yeah, I think yeah. success for most people is just Zion looks like Zion. Yeah, like and, and then that that's like a few highlights. I agree. It's not really in the numbers. Like I wouldn't say he has to average twenty and ten or what have you. It's it's the impact that you, if you, mm-hmm. and the, well, that's the, always been the thing with Zion. Like the numbers are great, but it's just you feel him when he's on the court. Mm-hmm. He's always involved in the play. He's making rebounds that are like, it's not, I mean, any, all rebounds are created, not all rebounds are created equal, but mm-hmm. every rebound's going to be one. But when Zion soars over three dudes and he, you know, gets a rebound and he's able to push it down the court and create something, that's a different level of athlete. So it's not mm-hmm. really within the numbers, it's yeah. the impact that he provides. Yeah. And I think when he comes back, the Pelicans have a legit shot at making that eight seed. Yeah, oh, yeah. they've been making a run like Reagan said. Oh, yeah. I mean, they started off tough and then the, the conversation becomes, do you trade JJ and or uh, Drew? But we'll take I mean, em. they've been making a run. I know, <laughs> we'll, we'll take them both. We'll take them. Uh, All right, let's move on. So um, CJ McCollum on his own podcast suggested that the all-star break should have a one-on-one oh, tournament. I love this. If the for players money. want it, man. But it's so idealistic, and it would never happen. If the players they want don't. it, why wouldn't they it happen? Don't. Why wouldn't they it don't. happen if the players want they it? Don't. They don't. Okay. CJ if, might, not LeBron. If you're the NBA, not Kawhi. what are the factors that you take into account? 
do the fans want it? Will oh, the fans yes. watch it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Will the players want it. Will the no. players participate? The players want it, man. No, no, the fans want it if you have, of course, LeBron. PG, it wouldn't even Kawhi. take that. I'd love to see a guy like Kuzma in a one-on-one contest. Nah, like, like, we not. We don't want that for All Star. I mean, maybe. But do you think Kuzma wants that though? I'm not sure. You know, I, I, he Kuzma would. would oh, no, I, no, he would definitely do. It. The uh, only, Jason the only Tatum. star I know up up there, uh-huh. what that I think would do it is Giannis. I don't think Giannis would do it. He's I, not, think, I, I think I Giannis, Giannis would do like it. a one-on-one player. I can see. KD no, I'm not saying it. he's a one-on-one player. I'm just saying like competition. You know who else young. would do it? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy and, Butler. And, would and do there's it. so many storylines that could go along with CJ it. CJ like, would do it. You get TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> imagine <laughs> you form it to where like you can call players out. Like they all line but, up. Dude no, yeah, up, yeah, like, but calling man. out. But like, okay, let's say let's say Dame were to call out Steph because everybody says Steph is better than me. Blah blah blah. For Steph, it's like. It's a win. Uh, no, it's a lose lose situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, either I'm gonna beat him, and people are gonna be like, "You're supposed to beat him," and or I'm gonna lose him, and it, you people are gonna view me in a different light. Right. But there's always certain players that are gonna be willing to step out on that limb. It might not be Steph. It might not be Bron. Bron never even did the dunk. It's not gonna be Kawhi. It's not gonna be Kawhi. But there are gonna be dudes like yeah. a, like I said, a Jimmy Butler, and it's a like, Jason Tatum. For the most part, right? Like if you're not selected to the all-star festivities you're not even like you're in hawaii you're in yeah Cancun, you know so it's like you're yeah. not even in the, i yeah. would love to see it'd be it. fun and do you, I, do you, I don't see why not do you guys think i don't i don't know if one million is enough incentives um maybe five for the winner that's a lot of mm. money for that's the yeah I, that's going out I, I don't know. I, I think you can incentivize Five it chari- or or you know you got to match my charity like, i mean the like, thing is the incentives are beyond the monetary value because if yeah. a guy like TJ Warren goes out and dusts everyone in a one-on-one that inflates his his brand yeah. like like he becomes a better you know more marketable mm-hmm. person I mean, marketable yeah, person for that's that true. That's so true. like it, it, it's it's would, worth it in my w- mind would you uh would you separate the positions I mean, you don't want to have Damian, Damian Lillard guarding Anthony Davis. You so know I feel what I'm like saying? I feel like the Would problem you separate is the like, for example, like so even something like the dunk contest, like in theory, is like really cool. But then the NBA is like, oh, you only get two dunks. You can only do this. And it's like once you start saying you can only do this, this, and that, it's like it it takes the fun out of it. So okay, like, but are you gonna have you Dame against AD? You, you don't no, have you're, to do all that. Not, but what but you it's do, like, like you just have a player call out a player. The, or the like, thing you, is, like, here's here's how I do it and. Every Olympics in FIBA, I get so excited because I, I, I'm rushing home waiting for like those one on ones that we see when they practice. Like, you know, I just Paul George against KD. In who's gonna, like, exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, that's yeah. all you have to do. Like, it's just like for them, it's just another day of drills. But for us, we get to see the best of the best go at it and see mm-hmm. who actually has these ISO scoring abilities. Like, that'd be remarkable mm-hmm. for all, all sides, right. I think. I, I need I need y'all winners really quick. If, if, if everyone played healthy, I'm taking KD. KD. That's yeah, Lou that's Williams. Anyways. <laughs> like Lou Williams beats KD in one on one. Stop, stop. I I think so. Just because. How is he guarding him? No way. He, he, but like KD's gonna be like, I don't really care. Let me just take a jumper. No. Me, you know, let me settle into. No. no, no. I'm talking about like just going hard. Let's say we if were there was money up, if they yes. both put money okay. up, their house were up. It's KD. You like, gotta take it. No, no. I go Giannis. Right, just I, go, I go Giannis. Okay, that's that's fine. that's fair. That's fine. Lou Williams, like, come on. All right, yeah. It's just like Lou Williams would actually care about it. I think like some of the people would just be there. Like you if know, they all like, cared about it, though, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to uh, Minnesota, who just traded Jeff Teague yesterday to the Hawks, along with uh, Travion Graham for Alan Crabb, which is a bunch of expiring contracts. No one really cares, except the news also came out that they're ramping up their efforts and um, quote unquote intensifying their pursuit of D'Angelo Russell. 
uh, who they went hard after in free agency. They brought him on a helicopter ride and did all that. And um, so, I mean, they, they really want Helicopter D'Angelo ride Russell. to see what in Minnesota? The, the, the lakes? It's funny because the story... <laughs> <laughs> It's because the, the the story was when he was on the helicopter, Jeez. like the news came out that he signed with Golden State. Awkward. So like he was on the helicopter with like <laughs> Imagine executive. sitting next to the dude you're like Yeah. Damn. But um I, I saw a funny uh a funny post on Twitter D-Lo. the other day. And it was like it, it said the headline, Timberwolves ramping up efforts to trade for D Lo mm. and it was Hey, we'll give you Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins, and then the Warriors were like, "No," and then they're like, that. "We'll give it. you Andrew Wiggins." It was like, it doesn't matter how intensely you say yeah. it. I mean, we're not. <laughs> we don't want your players. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, I don't see a trade matching up directly between Minnesota and Golden State just because it, it, it there's just not a match there. Because obviously, if you get a deal, you're not trading Cat. And then it's yeah. like, who else? Covington do you have to get? and a yeah, that's, that's that's not way too low for D. Yeah, yeah, I no, I know, but I'm just trying to. I think yeah. Eddie's point is that you'd have to bring in a third team. Yeah, you have to bring yeah. in a third. And honestly, like, if you're the Warriors, it, it's really got to be, like, if I can't get Ben Simmons, if I can't get Giannis, if I can't get Embiid, if it, you know, it's like, if there's not, like, a star out there, like, why not keep Dino? Yeah. Like, like he's been, like, he can fit in. He's been one of the better off-ball shooters in the league this year. Be interesting. We'll see. Right. And then, um, speaking of trade talks, Kyle Kuzma who seemingly has been in trade talks. Since yeah, m- me and Eddie thoroughly in. disagree on this topic. With, it, it, on, on the subject of Lakers, Sacramento, Bogdan, Kuzma. Um, I mean, my I think a fair, like just fair trade straight up, like Kuzma, QC, or Troy, or Avery, and then plus the second round. That's more than enough. I agree, I don't, especially I don't, for I don't see it. you. And, they, but you, I have to understand that they don't have as much leverage as they think. They, Sacramento, they, bro, they didn't sign him. They didn't extend him. That was their choice. No, yeah, but he's a restricted free agent. I'm so saying, if like, somebody if he, comes so out and pays him, and exactly, what's a they're gonna lose him for nothing. What's a relatively weak free agent class? They're gonna yeah, lose him for nothing. Him. Yeah, but that's have, why all these teams were signing guys to extensions because they didn't want him to. They didn't want them to go to free agency and get like you know max offers. No, I feel like it, it's twisted here because like they have the rights over him. So no matter how however much amount of money someone throws at Sacra, uh, throws at Bogdan, Sacramento can match theoretically, it. but yeah, they're they not gonna it, do like, it. If, if someone says steps out on them, like we'll give Bogdan twenty million. If you're 25. Sacramento, if you are you really ready they're not to gonna do that? match no. it. But then if if there's that much. Interest to match that contract in the offseason. I'm saying I think they can get more interest for Bogdan now because it's not just you get Bogdan for this half a season. You get the restricted free agent rights. You know, you get the you get the rights to sign him back above the salary cap if you're a team that trades for. Okay, him. But if but you're paying above the salary nothing. cap, it, like we saw what play out with Brogdon last year. They just they made their decisions and they you know couldn't pay him and everyone else they paid chris mm-hmm. and they paid bledsoe and they paid brooke and they brogdon had to give like maybe sacramento can't but i know that like just be- because but, you, but like for example the lakers if you try to get bogdan in free agency they can't right but the lakers if you trade for oh, him okay, now but, make it happen okay but let, let, you can sign him above the salary let's talk cap. about like kuzma okay he doesn't do as well because he was putting up numbers on a team and in wins and games that mm-hmm. didn't matter fine whatever what's sacramento Sacramento's been losing too. Mm. So you don't think that's enough? Kuzma, QC, or Troy, or Avery Bradley, plus a second? Well, a second is going to be like, what, the fi- the 58th pick or the 60th that's pick enough. in the draft? Here, that's here's, enough. Here, here's, here's my thing. If you're Sacramento, where do you get the greatest value at? Exactly. Having the, ri- having the rights to him or 
like in potentially paying him more than he's worth. And, and Kuzma has an added year to his contract. So, so basically, what they're doing is bogged on for Kuzma because, right? Like essentially, the, the, the everything else is sure. Draft but Ka- ever, Kuzma right. has that extra year on his contract. He becomes a restricted free agent in 2021. But then it's like, what if Kuzma doesn't perform? And it's like, you have well, to well we've seen that he can't perform on on teams that really don't matter. It's just I think you can extract more than just like if, if you're Sacramento, you rather get a low first, you know, than than Kuzma. That, that that's my thought. Yeah, you rather get like a low first round. No, pick Kuzma, Kuzma, Kuzma Kuzma would have been a a a, a lottery okay, pick. Here's here's my thing. If what we, are the, if you what redid the, that what draft, are the, what are the odds that you use that low first round pick and get somebody a player of better than? Caliber? Yeah, I I think you can go out there. And no, get no, 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 no. I, I just don't think Kuzma's the player that Sacramento. You know, that like that's not the chip you trade away for him. You know, or you get like a future, like way in the future first, like in the twenty. Yeah, and then they're stuck in this cycle of rebuilding forever, and then De'Aaron Fox gets old. And well, I mean, he's you like, tell me, is Kyle Kuzma going to be like a foundational piece on a Sacramento team? I would that make contend? that trade. I think he could be somebody who comes off the bench and gives them buckets, which is essentially what well, he is for the Lakers right now. But like, and and, and so what is Bogdan for Sacramento? He's he comes same, off the bench. He's the and, same. And gets them he's, buckets, he's the same right? exact. So you're essentially trading the same exact dude for each other, but now you don't for have to pay that cheaper guy, guy $20 million. and an added year. But you get the better guy who you and have a second the rounder and the right. How much dude. better is Bogdan than Kuzma? Is enough, he enough for the Lakers to want him? Here's right? the here's the thing. Yeah. Right? If Kuzma's making what like one and a half million, he's two making, million, yeah, something like this that. This year, one point nine. I mean, if, so, like if someone goes out and pays Bogdan twenty million, are you willing to sacrifice that eighteen million for the gap between Kuzma and Brogdon? Okay, well, let's say for Kuz- a rebuilding team that's not going to be in contention anytime so, soon. But once Kuzma gets that first contract, right? You like, have to look Kuzma forward. They're going to pay Marvin Bagley. Kuzma's not even going to make as much as Bogdan will this offseason. I don't think. No, not the not. The, I mean, when he hits next year, no, no, I'm saying next like, year, next even year, when he gets extended, I don't see him as a twenty million dollar player. He won't, but it's like you're saying if you have to pay Bagley, which they might do, and you they have to might. pay other young they're talent. They're going to. They're, okay, they they're going it's going to be De'Aaron, Bagley, and Buddy. But it's like if you pay those players and-, and Your salary and, cap is gone. And and Vladi Divac is like, I can't pay Bogdan. It's just not going to happen. We're like, give it a year later. They're going to be like, well, we can pay Kuzma now, but we couldn't pay Bogdan a year ago. Because you're paying him less. You would be like, paying like, him like, less. I mean, like how much less? Because Probably like, good five, six million? Because, yeah. Because if he's Which only, is a very good player in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, if he's worth that much, then, you know, I, I'm guessing that there's just not that much. The leverage with losing players to free I mean, agency. We can talk in circles yeah. about this all but, day, but, you know, I, I see both sides to it. But ultimately, I think the better move would be to trade. I, it, it's a move that works for both mm-hmm. teams. It's just that, I mean, like historically in the NBA, having the rights to player is worth like a ton. Right. That's have, it, like it's not just to. having the rights to a player. It's the quality of player that you have the rights to. That's true. And Bogdan is a, is quality, a quality player. player and the risk the, of losing them in free agency. Like they're going to oh, lose like him. They can't. Do you think, okay, if let's, they, let's, if they, if they really want him, they can't. That's my if, point. If the Bucks could go back and trade, knowing what they know now, Brogdon last year and get something back for him oh, or lose him in yes. the offseason, what would they have done? They're well, no, trade they do what they him. do now because they got two first round picks from it, or they got a first and like a Well, they were able to do it through a sign and trade, but well, anyone sign really and trade. sign we're and just trade saying, for Bogdan yeah. Bogdanovich? Yeah. How, I mean, you, how, do you, how can you be so sure? Sign and well, trade. if Sacramento really wants Bogdan, then they can have him back. That's how restricted free agency The whole yeah, salary like, is going to be gone with four players. If they really want him, and they're gonna pay what anyone else will pay for him. That's a very risky move because well, we'll I'm see. not sure. I'm we'll like see. I think we're looking at the best of yeah. Bogdan right now. Yeah. And is yeah. is that a twenty million dollar player? 
I mean, we'll see. It's um, I I don't think it. I mean, shoot. And as a Laker fan, I want oh Bogdan. Yeah, it's a little biased Bogdan. there. Do you, want, okay, do, you the, there. do you want the Lakers to pay twenty million a year for yes. him going forward? Yes. Yes. If so, we yeah, yes, we, because we're LeBron gonna, is going to be gone. The, the, exactly. The, the thing is, and he's going to be the Lakers are currently in contention right now. So I would pay what it takes to stay in contention. Mm-hmm. Into you know, but if I'm if I'm Sacramento and I'm rebuilding, why am I paying so much money for a guy that's not making me that much? Because basically, better? you lock up that third, like most of that third max slot to Bogdan Bogdanovich. You got Bron, AD, and then Bogdan. Yeah. Sure, but I'll like that, that's like it, I mean, it, our whole team is made up of give, given veteran, our, I mean, like, given our like team right now, Bogdan minimums. makes us better, and it makes, yeah. it makes us like a, a, a right. better championship okay. contender. We'll see. Um, okay, let, let's move on to the All Star returns because um. The third mm-hmm. All-Star returns mm-hmm. just came back, and predictably, you got Giannis and LeBron leading the forwards in the East and West, respectively. Luca and Trey lead the guards in the East and West, which is kind of interesting, you know, because everyone's talking about Luca versus Trey. Yeah. But at the same time, you have Alex Caruso that is in fourth place in the West for guards, and Taco Fall that's sixth in the East for forwards. And I know Reagan, you you wrote a piece that's on Square One Media. Shameless plug. He he talks about how NBA's meme culture has gone too far where it was funny up to a certain point, but when fans are really almost voting these dudes into the all-star game, I mean, well, I'll, I'll let you expand on that. I love Alex Caruso. As a Lakers fan, it's entertaining, it's funny, and he is a quality basketball player. But there's a limit to what I will tolerate as a basketball fan and as a supporter of not just my team, but every one of the players that go in and, and put on a jersey night in and night out and the nba is given a when you when you hand the right to the fans to have influence on the all-star game and who makes it that's a pretty big responsibility i think because that's a substantial influence you're saying 50% of the fan vote accounts for it which is you know that's a lot and whether people realize it or not that's you know has a, a pretty big effect on the scope of the NBA who makes the all-star game like, it's it's not even that it's incentives, incentives it's pl- money players like, yeah. get. this game it, it, yeah. it's this game has been played since 1951 1951 it, it it's a tradition you know like uh, and you look at other sports all-star games I don't think any sport has put together an all-star pro bowl what have you they haven't put it together like the NBA does because people tune in year in or year out people are tired of the the pro bowl it's stupid yeah, actually, people, I hate the pro actually bowl. like no, people actually don't care that much about the NBA all-star game I, I, relatively every I mean, like, yeah, I mean the like the histor- co- historically he, basketball does I mean baseball does I mean best, but, but which it, it, I mean, my, my point being, it, it's a spectacle every year, and people do tune in. It's yeah. a spectacle because people it's, tune it's in; debatable. they want to watch the the the, the dunk contest. People want to watch yeah. the, the rising stars, they the like celebrity. The like, and people want to see these things, the, and they the want to see all the stars come to one place. And it's 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 a culture bubble. Um, but like you said, Julio, it influences contracts. It influences, you know self-confidence. We saw a guy like Rudy Gobert last year cry over not making the All Star game. And in a year that, that, he, that I mean, was that was ridiculous. It was it was, a, it was, a, was I mean, ridiculous. But like, but like you see how these things like affect the players, mm-hmm. and it affects ultimately the legacy of these dudes. Yeah. When we go down, people are like, I'll have a a, a, a Larry Bird versus Kobe Bryant a debate with Jack Bloomfield, mm-hmm. and like we're bringing up the All Star bursts, and like yo, he made this amount of All Star games. Like these things matter. They matter. So when you say. 
I'm going to disregard what I'm seeing on the court and I'm going to do what I perceive to be funny or humorous or or memeable or what have you like it, it's disrespectful to the players it's disrespectful to the NBA brand and it's disrespectful to this 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 iconic game that we you know that's going to mean something like that people don't understand that this means something to people yeah i i mean i think the quick solution is just to do away with the fan it, vote well not do away with the fan do away vote. with it you've clearly shown that you're not they, responsible enough to handle that well no you don't have to do that you said it counts as 50 percent 50 percent knock it down just knock it down i mean see they already did 20. that because it, it used to be 100 percent right like knock the it down players not, just knock it down to 50. 25 i i, I mean like I mean, you want those fans to participate in the voting because, like, it, oh, I help yeah. them. If I the- give my kid a credit card and I say, man, this is this is for you. Use <laughs> it in emergencies. Mm-hmm. I want you, you know, I want you to have this just so you have constant access to money. That boy come back. He spent $500 on a pair of shoes. I'm taking the credit card away. Mm-hmm. Like, you clearly don't know, you know, what power but you have. But then ratings might. They're which already, is already dropping. Which They're is already, already a problem. Weird. Okay, so, like. I'm I'm seeing the ratings are dropping and, and the whole joking meme culture that's going up. I think those two things are related. Just, I, I think mean they're related. I would just say are. just knock it down for a little like like knock it down a little bit. Because basketball fans, we're creating a culture where we are, you know, celebrating, you know, the 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 the, the minimal stuff, the mm. the minuscule, funny humor, taco fall, mm-hmm. yeah. Alex Caruso. As much as, if not more so, than the actual basketball being played yeah. on the court. And, and that's on, you know, ESPN, Bleacher Report. It's the, no, it's I think it's, it's an inverse well. relationship. I think that the they do those things and they, you know, put those things out because that's what the fans are responding well, to. Well, humor me this. Why is it that they're putting those things out and focusing their contact on uh, content on drama, on transactions, mm-hmm. on those things? And the ratings are going down. Wouldn't that mean that the fans don't actually care as much about stuff well, like that? Well, no. It, it's just the transition from, you know, viewing it on your television screen. It's just that, like, NBA Twitter loves Caruso, loves Taco, loves talking about drama. But I don't think the people that just want to turn on ESPN and watch a basketball game do. But what these networks are doing is like, oh, Twitter's so important. Like, digital presence is so important. Let's just mimic NBA Twitter and reference Alex Caruso every four posts. You know, but it's like and, and people even, don't like even, that. And even then, and, and granted, it is a little bit irresponsible on the part of the networks. But as a basketball fan, why are you even putting that out that that's what you want to see? To me, you're not a basketball fan when when you can tell me, oh, man, Taco Falls hilarious. But you can't tell me how to run a pick and roll. Zaza you can't Pach- tell me the functions of, of why you know the three point shot has been developing and increasing in the in the recent years. You know what I mean? Like you, those are the things that matter when it comes yeah. down to it. Everything else is like fun and it's great and it has a spot, but at, when it boils down, like that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. And it's like you you were saying Zaza, Zaza like it happened, right? Yeah, yeah, like why, I mean, like, why this, are we like peddling around? But with all that, this stuff? I mean, that's where the NBA should come in and be like. You're not an all-star, bro. That's why I remember we had that discussion with the with the whole, you know, what how much power should the networks have in in what they put out, and you're saying they should put out what the fans want to see, which Mm because the 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 ratings are going down, and I'm saying it should be at their discretion what they put out because sometimes they can misinterpret what they think the fans want to see, but they if they they always stick to the fact that we're going to focus on the sport and not dictate to what we think people want to see they'll never fail 
they'll never fare because that's what people want to see is the sport. That's why people tune into ESPN okay. and TNT yeah, I agree to with watch you. basketball. And like, let's remember that so much of these media executives that you know drive the content and make the executive decisions at like ESPN are pretty old people that are like, oh, Twitter, what is Twitter? You know, like they're like they're just trying to get a finger on it, and it's like. Yeah, Caruso is funny when people like joke about it casually, but they I mean, I don't think they really have it right. It's ridiculous. At all. And if people if people get it twisted, <clears throat> like not great basketball fans, people who aren't into it like that will mm. genuinely think that Caruso's a better player than he is. <laughs> and they'll genuinely think like this this is we saw well, you, Stephen you've been a, telling me Caruso's a better well, no, 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 Caruso, no, I'll tell you Caruso, Caruso is though. a darn a good, player. good role player. But when people see the All-Star returns and they see Alex Caruso fourth, holy crap, maybe this guy's a starting point guard somewhere. This is how <laughs> ignorance disseminates because now people are talking, man, we could trade Alex Caruso. Who Who's out there? Oh, John Morant has less uh, All-Star votes than Alex Caruso. Maybe um, we could pull that off. Like, you know trade. what I mean? This is how ignorance is perpetuated. Trade. Let's have a trade. Kuzma for... <laughs> no. This is how... I mean, we saw Stephen A. <laughs> Kuzma for Devin Booker. I love you, Stephen A. But hey, Kuzma I, for I, Devin Booker? I did a, I did a, I did a, uh, I went on the ESPN trade machine mm -hmm. and I actually tried it out and I traded like six, six, six to seven guys for Devin Booker and it worked. Bro, like I, I guess <laughs> hypothetically, but like these yeah. things no, like I know. don't I know, I know, happen. I know, I know, I know. So like if we, uh, we as the media, and I consider myself a part of the media, even though I'm not like big, it's like we can't disseminate ignorance. True. Yeah, because then true. it's going to continue to perpetuate and we're, we're on this slippery slope mm. right now and if something doesn't change it's we're, we're in a whole world of hurt mm. I'm mean, like you can yeah. okay boomer me all you want but like that's like we're going to go down a path where the basketball matters less and less yeah. and that's what I'm here for is yeah. the basketball yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, just go, go, make sure and check out what Reagan wrote about this as well. Again, it's on her blogs, Square One man. Media on Medium, about NBA meme culture. So, uh, let's go on to because we are at about game forty-one for most teams at the mm. midpoint of the season. The team that we're most impressed and disappointed with so far. I want to go m most disappointed. Okay, um, we'd like to get the negative out first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to me, to be disappointing you got to have some sort of great or real you know expectations yeah. and for myself there's no other option except for the Sixers and mm. maybe in the regular season I, I still think in the postseason they'll be what I said um, but as currently like what the games they've played 26 and 16 that record does not reflect but there's six in the east a great right. team in the east and when you look at the west who's the sixth team in the west and it's like okay would the Sixers be 500 in the West? Maybe I don't. We don't know. But yeah, it's that's that's my most disappointing team. My second would probably be the Kings. Maybe. Mm, okay, yeah. hold off on that because okay. that, that was mine. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll take it from there. Go ahead. Because you know, I I had to look back at, at my you know files. I had to go back, <laughs> and I had you know we we made at the beginning of the year a rankings of all all the teams. Um, and, and like a, a tier list, right? Mm -hmm. And in my power rankings, I had them at 18. Not great, but decent, right? Mm -hmm. I thought they Middle would, of the pack. as a, a young ascending team, yeah. would take the next step. Yeah. But it almost seems like they've taken a step backwards. And yeah. I mean, they had some injuries. They had some but injuries, yeah. but it's like, yeah. I, I, I look at the team now and... De'Aaron Fox isn't playing bad. Totally Buddy Heald isn't playing bad. Bogdanovich isn't playing bad. But tell him, like, if they were in the L.A. market, 
bust. But yeah, yeah. Bust. I mean, that, that's a whole other yeah. discussion. But it's like the, that's the most frustrating part is that there's no issue that I can point to and say that's the problem. That's uh, why they're not. I mean, see, I thought the Kings would be good too, but it's really the coaching. It, it's a Luke Walton. Luke yeah, Walton. I mean, yeah. but even then, it's well, just like, like, like you know, Sacramento was first in pace last year. Like, guess where they are now? Thirtieth, right? Mm. Like that should not be happening. Yeah. And especially with a guard like uh, like De'Aaron Fox, that shouldn't yeah. happen. But the talents there, it's just like so frustrating because I thought this team would take the next step. But they yeah, didn't. I did. I did too. And I like the pieces that they got. Mm-hmm. Rashawn Holmes, who's unfortunately injured now, really was a good add. Like be elite to that was last year's, but he's been really good. Like even Corey Joseph has been solid in in, in minutes. Deadman hasn't been. Doing all right, anything, all right. But for yeah. for, for Eddie, mm-hmm. is it has to be the Wolves? Come yeah, on, yeah, it's Minnesota. Come on, yeah, yeah come Minnesota. on, bro. Yeah. Like it, it can't be no other team. That's true. I mean, look, I thought they'd be good, and you know they they proved me. They, <laughs> I mean, they, Cats playing they, really they, well. They and, proved and me right I, for I, a little it bit. It don't matter. I, I'm looking at my phone. I don't care Cats about his stats. Tonight, finally, he's, he's finally playing. back. He's finally okay. back. He's been out for like the last month. They were obliterating my fantasy team. They they were like a 500 team with Cat in. And then once he got injured, you know, their offense is fish out of water. You know, they, they have no creation ability. And and the thing and the thing with Minnesota is like I think I was ambitious thinking that they'd be really good because they no. just maximize their offense because they got like a young coach and a new philosophy. No. <laughs> but, you know, just lack of talent catches up eventually. Mm-hmm. Because, That's what I've been saying. Yeah. But, you know, I, I still like their prospects going forward. Like they, they really found some diamonds. Another in the rough. thing is like Wiggins beginning of the year. Everybody's like, he finally figured it out. You can't judge almighty. after he got, four he finally years. Got it. They were nope. four and zero, oh, right, or five nope. and zero. Oh. Like you he, can't be he, judging. He, he on said, the beginning of the year. "Psych!" Like that. That didn't pan yeah. out. I mean, like, he's been he's, like, he's, he's been, been, better, been better, but, but he isn't as good as he enough. was in the beginning of the year. He's nope. not. Yeah, he's just. So I mean, in terms of surprises, um, you know, I. I mean, I have to say the Heat, and okay. you know, it's been a very popular team. Mm. I uh, really like, yeah, amongst like amongst people who aren't even Miami Heat fans, mm-hmm. and you know, you you know that they're gonna be like uh, a hard fought team to beat or whatever, um, mm-hmm. especially with Jimmy Butler leading that team. But you just is Jimmy Butler and a bunch of B B minus guys. Ooh, and, don't don't disrespect Bam like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was gonna, outside uh, of Bam. Yeah, outside uh, of Bam. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a bunch of B guys, like good pieces. Solid. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to say: just solid yeah. mm-hmm. guys that you can put around a squad of you know superstars. But um, you know they they've really hung around this two seed this yeah. season. So. I just worry about their prospects come playoff time. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, if that no, translates. me too, me too, and that's why I feel like they have to go after yeah. Drew. Regardless, they're going to be a very tough out. Yeah, mm-hmm. very tough. Yeah. It's funny because I thought Miami would be a good team, but not with these pieces. That's why. No, I, I, I thought they'd not. be like five. You know, no, like I thought. I mean, six. I thought they'd be actually yeah. really good. Just oh, I thought it'd be 14, Dragic. Yeah. Waiters, James Johnson. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was Kendrick Nunn. I didn't oh. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. You know, it's like yeah. the, the is, pieces yeah. are way different. It's a youth movement. And I, I'm almost wondering, like, are they ready to start trading those? Because they have like solid veteran role players that they just really don't use like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and could they trade some of those guys to get a better piece in? That that remains yeah. to be seen. They're gonna have to. They're Andre gonna have to. Mm. I mean, that's, Drew. that's, that's they need Drew. Drew. They need Drew, Drew would be a little bit tougher pull, but that would be mm-hmm. pretty good for them what about you guys um, impressive i gotta go for the hometown memphis grizzlies man they as of late especially they have absolutely turned it up and we had a discussion to what like four o'clock in the morning last night about you know jaron jackson dude is ridiculous man yeah no, i knew he wrong. could shoot like he i knew he had the little shot. push shot yeah but like but i thought shoot. that would just be like a set shot like you know you kick it out to him he's open he can make that dude's in like step backs to like over 40 percent on yeah. six and a half attempts a game yeah Oh my gosh! And then Ja, 
That's another article I wrote. Memphis has a new Messiah. John Morant has about been that. absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, know, yeah. I know. I know. Like, it, mm-hmm. It's been ridiculous. And the, the steps that he still has to take in the future. This is a team that's like, I thought they'd be somebody that was developing for the future. <laughs> right? You know, you have some mm-hmm. young pieces. But between John Jaron and then you have other guys stepping up. De'Anthony Melton. He's been great. Brandon Clark. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. They're like, oh, not, only, not, really not only are they, you know, developing for the future, they can win now feasibly. Not, not, they're not, don't get me twisted. They're not, they're, not, the they're, not, they're not, they're not, they're not a championship team, but they can make the playoffs. Don't get don't it. They can that. make the playoffs, I man. I, I, I believe, mm-hmm. I mean, they're the eighth seed now. They're mm-hmm. the eighth seed now and they just beat Houston, man. John Morant looking at James Harden. Tell James. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Please, please be the AT. Oh my God. Please be the AT. Hey, you know, and, and that's like. It, you got a first round ball. They, I mean, essentially, right? But they're going to be a tough out. And th- those are the type of things that are valuable for a young yeah, team no, trying to is. get experience. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It um, is. But yeah, they've been, they've been, yeah, I've been highly impressed with everyone. Everyone has exceeded my expectations mm-hmm. on that team. I've, I have the Pacers as my most impressive team. And and really, I wish I, I've watched more like Indiana games. This season, just because to me, like without Oladipo, almost like your entire starting lineup has been, you know, turned over. You know, you've been starting Turner and Sabonis. You add in TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Brogdon. You know, it's like there's been so much difference in Indiana this year, and they've just been as solid and functional as ever. And it's like, it's really impressive that they're the five seed, you know, 26 and 15. And like, they've really just done it through really amazing coaching they've put yeah. Sabonis in a position where he's, he's a center he's a center where you think oh that's an old school center that, that's a you know back to the basket post-up center but no they've been using him as a short role player and he's just too skilled for any center to cover him and Brogdon has been in the perfect place to deliver you know the the pocket pass the bounce pass to him you know TJ Warren has been great for them the defense has been good Miles Turner has been like kind of enigmatic but you know that him as a four floor spacing and rim protecting big uh he he has value it's just yeah the Pacers yeah, are li- really impressive and no yeah. one cares because they play in Indiana I like I like Victor Oladipo coming back at this time because mm-hmm. then he gets oh yeah and then and I forgot to him. mention um Aaron Holiday he he's yeah, gonna he's, he's gonna be well really too. good like and, he's been one he's been one of their best players this and year. once they get him back them in Miami those are the two teams that are gonna be like there are no rollovers. There I actually no like rollovers. Indiana's prospects in the <clears throat> playoffs better than Miami. Mm. Because I think Miami— I take the best player in, in, in a situation like that where you don't have, like, tons of superstars. I'll take the best player, which is Jimmy. Butler. The thing with Miami is that they play so hard in the regular season now that when the when the level of activity picks up in the playoffs, what, like, what's their separator? At least for Indiana, I see much more versatile talent because you go— Brogdon, that's a scoring and passing threat. Oladipo, that's an explosive scoring threat. You have Lamb and Warren, who's two, I mean, two that, of the that's better scorers. Under the in assumption, the game. though, that yeah. when Oladipo comes back, yeah. he's the same dude True. that he was when yeah. he was. But then you also have like Aaron Holiday off the bench, who's become a passing and scoring threat. Really good. You know? And Aaron then you Holiday. have what well, you have Sabonis, who's like unstoppable. Big Turner, you got to deal with his defense. You know, it's like there, there's so much talent on the Indiana mm-hmm. team. And it seemed like it'd be a weird fit when I saw it happen, like when when all those pieces signed in the offseason. But Coach McMillan has really made it work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's what coaching is, right? You you collect talent and then you figure out how to utilize it in the best manner possible. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it. Definitely you know, candidate for coach of the year again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's going to Vogel. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the last last topic we got here. So JJ Reddick, I think I forget he he probably said it on his own podcast that he has, but he pretty much said that more guys in the league now are more concerned with um, pregame fits and you know the, the glamour than than wins and losses. And um, I don't know what to make of it because at first when I saw it, I was like, well, JJ Reddick just really wants to be you know a seventy year old. Okay, boomer, you know, get off no. get off my lawn. Type. Here, here's. What, what what he said, I don't agree with in that, you know, guys are focused on the pregame outfits like that. That's the, you, you're bringing your personality to, mm-hmm. you know, to what we see as viewers and people like that. But the underlying theme of it, which is that player empowerment has led to a culture where players are more selfish, possibly too selfish. I agree with that because. The, the the whole wave, you know, you, it, it really started with Bron and, you know, him taking control of his career and getting out of Cleveland and, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. here here's the things that it, it's led to. It's led to, you know, you see things like Kawhi. You know, I don't care about the regular season. I'm going to take nights off when I feel like it. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling it. The, uh, you know, regardless of whether the fans paid money to come see me or not, I'm not feeling it tonight. Mm-hmm. You see guys, you know strong-arming their way out of organizations that they are not, you know, messing with. Like, you, there's one thing when you have AD, you know, he has a year and a half left on his deal. He requests a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, like, a Paul George. I just signed this contract. <laughs> just signed this contract. I mean, uh, well, hold on. Anthony Davis basically stopped playing games. No, that's what, that was their decision. Because yeah, I mean, they didn't want him to get my, hurt. My point being that, that was players are, are able to strong-arm their way out of contracts yeah. that they signed. Mm-hmm. And... You, you see things like stat padding, Russell Westbrook, you know, I'm like, there's literally like, you know, stat padding. I, I feel like the whole stat padding thing might be blown a little bit out of proportion, but mm-hmm. there you see it definitely. Guys yeah. like don't even take that, you know, full court shot to see if they can make it anymore just because yeah. they don't want that turnover or the missed shot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just like, it, it's it's a weird, it's a weird development. I mean, I mean, I mean, when, when players come in with funky outfits, whatever it is, um, it, it's part of your trying to make it part of your brand trying to appeal on social yeah. media trying to get marketing deals can't fault players for that um, for seeking like other avenues of getting yeah. income you know whatever mm-hmm. but from a standpoint of uh, like not enough players are focused I mean that's your job your mm-hmm. job is to play the bat like basketball games and you have to understand that you have to separate the two and if you're going in with the mentality that like yeah I mean it's a, he doesn't mean like really more worried about your outfits in the games. Yeah, he, he just means like not enough players are focused anymore, and I'm just here to get money. And yes, it is a business, and yeah, I'll, I'm all for that. But where does a competitive lie like standpoint in that? So yeah, yeah I, I actually think this is a pretty lazy take from JJ Redick. You know, it, it it it's too common for a player or or a commentator, anyone to be like oh, the players care too much about themselves and not the game. Like, you have to care about the team over yourself. You have to sacrifice. You have to be on. You know, it's like all those things are like lazy rote narratives to me because if you think about it, the NBA has marketed this idea of the star player as like a brand, as like a creative entity. And it's not the players themselves. Like the NBA is like... David Stern. Right? They're like, yeah. we want the stars to be stars. Yeah. You know? Opposite of that. So, so, that, so yeah. that doesn't just include the highlights that includes you know the fashion that includes you know the lifestyle that includes on and off court so is is it really that players care too much or is this just what basketball yeah but to reagan's point like he and to my point it's not so much about the clothes like that we're just talking about like uh, the attitude the i don't even want to call it Mm -hmm. selfish 
Because, I mean, you're worried about yourself and your future and your kids, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's that. It's that. It's I, I And, yeah, you're, you're right. The NBA has marketed, you know, to the individual more so than the mm-hmm. team. But even with that said, the individual can never supersede the team within the context of but the player. If you just think about basketball at all levels, it's not like football where it's all about, oh, giving to the team. Like baseball, it's all about being a part of, you know, yeah, the team. Yeah, where, basketball, where, where like football, like coaching matters. In basketball, I mean, it matters to yeah, it but doesn't like, matter as much. I'm as saying football. like yeah, basketball at all levels has been more than just what's on the hardwood, what's on the court. You know, it's it's been oh, like you're talking about the culture. Yeah, like there's a culture, there's a culture in basketball that that extends beyond it, right? Which is why people care about these things. Like, which is why people care about, you know, the pregame walkthrough with your fit, which is why P.J. Tucker cares about holding the sneakers that he's going to play. Yeah, but the the individual should never supersede the team in the player's mind. And I feel like that's where we're we're kind of, I'm not saying we're there yet, Mm -hmm. but I I feel like we might be trending in that direction of of the individual, you know, caring more about their brand, how they're perceived more than the team's success. Let's not talk about basketball like we talk about, you know, the other major sports. You know, like like basketball, that the reason why basketball is so special is because it is such has such a cultural identity. And we don't want to get rid of that just for, you know, boring, oh, let's just play the sport, you know, type thing. You know, it's more than that. It's more than that. There's a gray area. Yeah. There's definitely. Okay. That's it, right? That does it. Okay, so that does it for this episode of the first episode in 2020 of Hoop and Holler. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end if you if you did. Um, of course, go check out check out check out our uh, check out our written work on Square One Media on Medium, all of our previous podcasts, our football podcast, our football draft podcast. Um, for me, Eddie Sun, Reagan Griffin, and Julio Martinez. We'll catch you next time. Good luck for Devin Booker. Can we please not end on that? Can we somebody say something else for God's sake here?